0: Hi, I'm Jess and I'm Nina and you're listening to Slice Slice of murder. Murder. we
1: last recorded our last episode yeah like two weeks ago i mean we've released episodes on time but like the last time we recorded was a while ago
0: yeah so now we're not ahead anymore we're actually right on time yeah
1: but that's okay you'll be up to date on our lives
0: yes so let's start off with our rose and thorn
1: right it feels like it's been like a million years yeah but that was really fun. And your thorn? Um, I guess that I still have three weeks until November break. break. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a really long time. Three weeks. That's not too bad. We're getting closer. It's going to feel like a long time, I think. But, oh well.
0: Yeah. Well, for me, my rose was that same weekend Nina went to San Francisco. I was in Santa Barbara back in my college town and it was just nice to go to like the same restaurants that you would go to that I would go to when I was there
1: yeah for sure
0: and I would say my thorn was last night we went out for Halloween and I was a vampire and my teeth would not stick (laughs) they kept falling out so Mm -hmm. that was my thorn okay well but I had fun besides that
1: yes (laughs) that was fun all Um, right um, we have no treats today, so yeah, it's nothing... It's a sad
0: day. No, we look
1: nothing, so depressed. Nothing for you to review. My, I have, like, two brain cells at this moment. Me too. Like, my brain can't think right now. <laughs> but, it's okay. Alright, so, I guess I'll get into it. This is gonna be a two-part episode. So, you'll get the first part this week, and you will get the next part next week. Yes, yeah. so we're
0: going to keep you waiting.
1: Um, and I'm doing Charles Albright today.
0: Charles Albright? Albright.
1: Albright. Yes, he's not all right.
0: <laughs> Charles not all right. Right.
1: Um, so I'll give you a quick synopsis, and then I'll explain like where the first part is going to stop, and then like we're going to pick up the, sec- the second part so charles frederick albright also known as the eyeball killer was an american serial killer from dallas texas who was convicted of killing one woman and suspected of killing two others in 1991 so today we'll talk about like his early life because um, he lived quite a long life before he was like sus- like convicted of murder like wow it, this didn't happen until he was like in his like late 60s oh my god or late 50s um so it was, yeah, he lived like quite a long life before that, but it, it's like pretty interesting like the things that he did. So we'll go through his early life, like what happened to him, and then we'll stop like right at his first murder. And then next time we'll go into his two subsequent murders and the investigation um, and the trial for him.
0: Right. Sounds good. Yes. And did you say eyeball killer?
1: Yes. You'll understand <laughs> why. All right. So, Charles Frederick Albright was born on August 10th, 1933 in Amarillo, Texas. Um, Amarillo is a popular city along the Route 66 Highway in the Panhandle of Texas. That's like in that north area, you know, where like Texas juts out a little bit. Yeah,
0: so is it more rural?
1: Um, no, it's a pretty good-sized town. Okay. Yeah um and it's well known now for like it has a bunch of like theaters art shows and like art installations like they have this thing called cadillac ranch which is like a bunch of cadillacs like stuck into the ground oh that's so cool and they're all like painted and stuff but back then i don't think they had that um albright's biological parents uh were unknown to him at the time and they placed him for adoption they put they put him up for his adoption mm-hmm. So he was placed into an orphanage at, in Amarillo and was adopted by Fred and Del Albright when he was only a few weeks old, like three weeks old.
0: We already know about orphanages
1: yes. during this time. Yes, not good. <laughs> um, Fred worked as a grocer. He actually ran a grocery out of his house, which I did not know that existed. Like, his grocery store was his house. Isn't that weird?
0: So he lived, was there like an upstairs area? No, like
1: his house, he just had a normal house. Oh. But then also had a grocery store in the house.
0: Wow, a whole grocery store.
1: Yeah, but I think that back then, I feel like I remember reading something where grocery stores like were not like the ones that we have today. Like they were more like pickup kind of things. Like you would go and like you'd be like, oh, can I get like milk, eggs and... Butter and like yeah. the not grocer, like, uh, no, and the grocer would like go and get it for you and then yeah. like bring it back. And that's that something because like, you know,
0: yeah. maybe they had like chickens and stuff, yeah.
1: Um, and so he worked as a grocer, and Dell, his mother, worked as a school teacher. The family was middle class and lived in the suburb Oak Cliff, which is like a suburban neighborhood, like pretty good neighborhood, not anything like super fancy, but you know
0: and these are his real parents
1: no these are his, his adopted. adopted parents okay. yeah I missed that part. yeah um so charles was their only child they couldn't conceive naturally naturally um and then once they adopted charles that they decided that they would be done having children as a young child charles was super popular and well liked in school he was always described as very good-natured easy to please and super outgoing. His childhood friends described him as a boy who was a leader and, like, an overall fun person who had a lot of talents and just, liked kind of being a show-off, like, liked to making people laugh. So he could, like, name all the constellations that he saw. He would perform in, like, tap dances and, like, dances on stage at one of the local theaters. And he could catch snakes without getting bit. So wow. he had a wide array of talents. Skills, yeah. So, yes. Um... Del Albre, his mother, at times spoiled Charles when he was younger. I feel like only children usually do kind of get a lot of things. Um, yes. <laughs> but she was also, like, really incredibly strict and overprotective of him. So, for example, she had this belief that goat's milk was healthier than cow's milk for some reason mm. for kids. Um, so she wouldn't let him drink cow's milk. And she bought and kept a goat in the backyard so Charles could drink fresh goat's milk. like. Every day.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, for every meal. Um, She would also change his clothes like three times a day because she was, like, terrified that he would get sick from the dirt that he would collect while Mm -hmm. playing. And he would be in the backyard quite a lot. Um, When she was working or when her husband was working, she would keep him in the backyard. So he would get a little bit dirty, but when he was a toddler, he would try and escape from the backyard. Mm -hmm. So one of his tricks was... Looking up the fence, and while customers to his dad's grocery store would walk past, he would ask them to pick him up and let him <laughs> out. So he went through a phase of trying to escape from his backyard oh for God. quite a while.
0: Yeah, it sounds like his mom is just like one of those like beginner moms. Yeah, like really that overbearing. Are
1: very yeah. With their kid. Yeah. Um. So she. She was like really at protective of him but at the same time she would invent like really strange punishments for him to respond to his like i thought they were pretty small mistakes like Mm -hmm. so for example at the age he was like one year old at this point um and she had a tape measure and charles was chewing on this tape measure and she locked him in a dark room for like hours as like punishment for chewing on her tape measure which like a one-year-old can't i don't think they have the
0: yeah he's one
1: (laughs) I don't he think they had like the behavioral.
0: He doesn't understand. Right. It's like a punishment. Right. And it's scary because she's a school teacher. Yeah. Like, what is she doing at school? Yeah.
1: Um, she would also tie him to his bed when he wouldn't take a nap. And she would spank him when he did not drink his goat's milk. Wow. That's yeah. so sad. So she definitely had a very like harsh hand in his upbringing mm-hmm. um especially with the things that she believed like he should be doing or should not be doing and the way she chose to respond to those things
0: yeah i wonder if she was raised like that or yeah. these are just things that she believes right she came up with
1: um she also so- showed some strange not necessarily like harmful physically harmful behaviors when charles was young So one time, Dell took Charles to the hospital, and at this time, polio was running pretty rampant in the U.S. because they hadn't invented a vaccine yet. So um, because he would play outside every day and get pretty dirty, she was afraid he would catch polio from something like he picked up outside, something that he touched. So she took him to the hospital, the local hospital, to see polio patients locked inside an iron lung to be like, oh, this is going to be you for the rest of your life if you're, if you're not careful.
0: If you're playing outside with your friends. Yeah. So ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Um, other times, she would occasionally put him in a little girl's dress and give him a doll to hold. So like, she would dress him up like a girl instead of putting him in his usual clothes. But there was really, I couldn't find any like, reasoning why mm-hmm. she did that.
0: Like, I'm thinking, is it to embarrass him? Or, like, a a form of
1: punishment? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it's, like, tied to because she couldn't conceive naturally. So maybe it was, like, she always wanted a girl. But I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So while it was just interesting when I was reading because I figured out, like, she spent, like, so much time and energy, like, on her son. Like, she would spend, like... Like, she literally bought a whole goat and, like, would, like, spend time, time like, changing him every day, whatever. Um, But she would hardly ever spend the same amount of, like, time and energy on herself. So Mm -hmm. her neighbors recall that she often shopped at, like, thrift stores for, like, herself. Like, she never, ever bought a new dress for herself, her new clothes for herself. And she got bones from the butcher for dinner, like, at the end of the day when the butcher was throwing out the bones from the meat he had cooked. She would take those bones, and that would be how she made her dinner. That's um, so interesting. So, like, like I said, like she worked and her husband worked. Like they weren't poor, so this behavior was pretty odd to the people like living in her community because it wasn't like they needed to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like they were like they were struggling. Right, like right. Yeah. Um. So. It was clear, though, that she was focused on Charles' success. And I think that, like, throughout his life, especially his early life, the pressure that she put on him to succeed, I think, definitely kind of weighed on him and ruined their relationship a little bit because she definitely expected a lot from him. And she definitely expected him to be, like, something great. Um, And when he wouldn't live up to that, it would just... Like tear them apart even further
0: yeah that's a lot of pressure yeah. especially since she's putting so much effort into everything that she does for him yeah
1: um so before school when he was in grade school she made him practice the piano every single morning for 30 minutes so he could learn piano um like i like we said she was a school teacher so while he was in school um and even before he went to school she taught him reading writing and math at home and in fact, he learned so much with her that he was able to move up two grade levels in elementary school. Wow! See, so like, I feel like she was that's a, good. yeah. So I mean, she must have been a pretty good teacher if she was able to teach him mm-hmm. enough foundational stuff that he could move up two grade levels.
0: Yeah. I also feel like that's such like a teacher move.
1: Like, yeah.
0: You say, "Oh, I'm going to teach my kids this
1: at home." Yeah. Which yeah. Is funny. Yeah. Um. So he was pretty young for his the grades that he was in. But by all accounts, it didn't really affect his popularity levels at all. Like, he was never bullied in school because he was young. Um, he would often do things to, like, impress the older guys. Like, the guys that were in his grade but were two years older than him. Um, but he was never bullied in school or he was never, like, made fun of for being
0: young Younger. or
1: little. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, when Charles was 11, he got his first gun and... He would go Whoa, hunting. That yeah, I know. <laughs> but it, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's Texas. Back, yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's um, back then. Yeah. Months. It's 19, it's like 1944 okay. at this point. So, I mean, hunting was like kind of a way of feeding your family a lot. And it was like just something people would do for enter- like entertainment. Yeah, you it's like you towards know. the
0: end of the war.
1: Yeah. Um. So he, he got his first gun and he would go hunting and... Um, began shooting like small animals around, like mostly birds. Um, and when his mother saw this, she like kind of, because she wanted him to be like a well-rounded person, I guess, she influenced him to take up a new hobby. So she signed him up for a mail order course called the Northwestern School of Taxidermy. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure why this is a hobby that she chose. (laughs) For him, why she wanted him to become a taxidermist.
0: Yeah, that seems very specific. (laughs)
1: But it was, yeah, it was pretty weird. Um, So she encouraged Charles to learn and practice as much as he could. Like, she would go and go around with him when he was shooting or when they were, like, driving around looking for roadkill or, like, encouraging him to, like, shoot a bird to take it home and Mm -hmm. practice taxidermy on. Um... He would spend hours and hours trying to create a realistic, lifelike animal. Um, and I, he got, like, really pretty good at it, I think. Like, he was able to create, like, some things that looked pretty real, realistic. Mm-hmm. However, his mother always denied his request to buy one key finishing touch to his creations. So when you do taxidermy, like, you stuff it with cotton or whatever. Yeah. and But then, like, all of the feathers and the things and the... For it's like always like the real real parts of the animal, Um, but the only thing that is not the real part of the animal is the eyes. So he would he would go to the tax you'd have to go to a taxidermy store and you would have to buy these glass eyes to like sew onto the animal. Mm -hmm. And his mother would always deny him to buy these glass eyes, Um, and she said that like they were too expensive. So she made him use buttons from her sewing kit instead, Mm. which is that whole eyes thing like eyes play a really big part in this story so i know i'm
0: starting to see where that so
1: this is like the first i think kind of thing where we see maybe where it, it comes from yeah um
0: i'm kind of scared to know
1: more yeah because <laughs> he's, all, he's like i don't know this is an age where i feel like you're forming a lot of key understandings of like what you you like and what you're into mm-hmm. and like Things like that, like he's eleven, twelve, thirteen, like yeah,
0: and he's a taxidermist. Yeah,
1: so I don't know. It's something about being so heavily like denied this like one thing that he thinks would make something perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know the psychology behind that, but yeah,
0: well, it's like how can you do a good job if you don't have the eyes? So right, I feel like that's an important part.
1: So it. yeah, so I don't I don't know that it's the psychology about that, but he he definitely starts to fixate like. On ice. So in high school, when he went to high school, he remained popular. Um, but in high school, he began to act up a little bit more, which somewhat ruined his reputation amongst the adults in his life, but not amongst the kids. So he explains the actions that he did during this time that he he didn't mean them to be like malicious, but he just wanted to be mischievous. To like I said, like he was trying to show off for like the older kids mm-hmm. and kind of try and fit in with like the popular crowd. So during this time he um was caught breaking into a church, breaking into a store and stealing a watch and getting in trouble at school for like skipping classes and not studying.
0: So he's going down a bad path. Yeah. Like the, and this is just to impress the older kids.
1: That's what he says. Yeah. Uh, um
0: Yeah, I guess maybe it's tough like when you're younger. Yeah. And you're hanging out with the older crowd. Yeah. You want to, like, make sure that they know that you're mature. Yeah. Like, you're doing things that they're maybe doing.
1: Yeah. But I feel like it, it's also, like, because he does do things like this throughout his life. Like, he does get in trouble quite often for, like, breaking into things and stealing things. And I feel like it's almost because he was denied so many, like, things by his mom. Like, his mom would deny him to buy any, like, frivolous items or whatever that... Maybe he was trying to rebel against Mm -hmm. that, like, super thrifty kind of lifestyle, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess that makes sense.
1: But, so, in response to this, his mother tried to keep an even closer eye on him. So, this is in high school. She made him go to sleep at 8 p.m. every night, no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
0: it's even earlier than my bedtime for real like
1: t- to be honest like i went to bed at 8 30 the other night but <laughs> not eight is a little bit early. yeah so 8 p.m every night um she took him to church every sunday and every time she had a every time he had a date with a girl she would chauffeur him to and from like the date <sighs> and he said that she would watch him in the rearview mirror like to make sure that he didn't like put any moves on the girl like like she would watch him in the wow. yeah
0: Well, it's interesting that she still let him go on dates.
1: Yeah, I know. And he said that, like, he would, um, she would really focus on, like, his making sure he didn't kind of, like, do anything to a girl. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like like he kind of explained that, like, she would shame him a lot for, like, having sexual feelings or sexual urges because she was like, oh, your dad is, like, too into it like every single time I undress like he can't keep his hands off me like you can't be like that mm. so it just seems like during this time she was
0: it was like very restricting, Yeah. very strict yeah so yeah you know as a kid when you're told not to do something you want to do to, that more yeah
1: exactly so I think just like during this time when he was when his like personality was kind of forming there mm-hmm. was just like a lot of things factors going into it that yeah. I, I don't know like, I get maybe being change worried. something in his brain.
0: Yeah. Like, I get being worried about your kids dating and stuff. Yeah. Uh, not to the extent when you're like watching their every move or watching them through the window.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's a you badge. have to have them have a little bit of freedom. Yeah. So he graduated high school at 15, which is really young. Um, and he en- enrolled in North Texas State College in Denton. Wow. Um, So, however, during his freshman year, he got into more trouble. He was arrested for being a member of a student burglary ring that broke into three stores and stole several hundred dollars worth of merchandise. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Which is about, like, several thousand dollars today. So, like, several hundred, like, doesn't sound like a lot. But today, it's, like, quite a lot of things that they stole.
0: Yeah, and he's so young.
1: I know. And I mean, part of it is definitely, like, the immaturity of it, like... Mm -hmm. like if he's being coerced by a bunch of like i mean he's gonna be hanging out with freshmen who are like 18 you know like if he's being coerced by like 18 year olds to like be a part of something like he might feel a little bit more pressured to join them yeah
0: almost like hazing it feels like like you have to do this if you want to hang out with us like to show like how badly you want to hang out with us or to show that right. like we can trust
1: you but whatever. also like he was a very smart kid like he got good grades
0: i mean yeah he's in college yeah at 15.
1: when he tried so i feel like you should be smart enough to realize that this is a bad idea yeah um so charles claimed when he got arrested he was like i have no part in this like the other students just asked me to keep this merchandise in my room and I said yes, but I had no idea it was stolen things. Right. Which is like obviously they were like that's bullshit. That's yeah. not real. So um this argument did not work and he was charged with burglary. His mother obviously was not happy with this. Mm-hmm. Like sure. she was frantic. So she first she tried as like hard as she could to get this charge off his record and like for him not to not to be punished in any way for this crime, so she first of all tried to pay back the price of the stolen goods. So she went back and to all the stores that they had stolen things from, and she tried to pay them back or re- replace them. Um, she tried to become Charles's lawyer, and she even tried to convince the judge to let her go to prison instead of Charles. What? Which is just—it's like I was
0: like,
1: uh, bro, it's like. He has to she, learn. <laughs>
0: so she can punish him, but yeah. not, like, the law. She right. doesn't want him to be punished. Right. For like those things. I
1: know. It just seems like she was trying to be the only kind of authority figure in his life, and then mm-hmm. she didn't want him to be controlled by anything else bu- besides her, you know?
0: Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's tough as a parent to watch that. and You'd do anything to like, get them out of jail, yeah. but sometimes it's... Like, best if they face. It's like, the you,
1: made, you made a decision. Your, your kid made a decision. Your kid has to learn the reactions of that decision. Mm-hmm. Like, hopefully they'll learn for next time. Because yeah. as we see, Charles gets out of almost every single thing that he does. And I feel like, in part, it was because of, like, this first brush with the law. Like, he, his mom tried as hard as he could to get him out of it. And I feel like he maybe kind of learned that, oh, like, I don't deserve to be punished. Like, I'm not going, you know, like. Yeah,
0: and the first is the most important. Right. I feel like he was testing the waters and seeing, like, oh, what's going to happen?
1: Right. So he was sentenced to only a year in prison for burglary.
0: Okay. Um,
1: And so he he spent that. But that's going to be, like, the last time that he goes to jail until wow the the the, the thing like until for quite a while yeah for quite a while so he just learned like we'll talk a lot about his like other incidents that he got into but i feel like it was this first time where he was like oh how much trouble will i get in Mm. and then he's like not a lot like (laughs) only a year for stealing like several thousand dollars worth of things um and I, i think that just i don't know he learned how to talk his way out of it. And I think he learned that from his mother. Yeah. So after Charles was released from prison, he obviously was kicked out of school. And he re-enrolled at Arkansas State Teachers College. Um, he told his probation officer as well as his parents that he was going to change his ways and that he want- this was like a chance for him to start fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he talked about studying science and medicine. And he claimed he wanted to be like a surgeon and go pre-med. Okay. Yeah. So, he, you know, told his mom, okay, now, I, I, at this point, he's, like, still 17. So, he's still, like, pretty... He's
0: still ahead of Yeah, everyone. of everybody
1: else, <laughs> like...
0: So, he has time he to has time, about yeah. what he wants to do. Yeah.
1: Um, so, he went to school. He was doing really, really well in his, like, science classes. Like, he was... He's very, very naturally smart in, like, science and math. He wasn't doing amazing in his other classes, but... We'll see he wasn't really too focused on school in the first place. Mm -hmm. He started to date a girl in his classes named Betty Hester. um, And he just got like super social. So he played football for the team. He was president of the French Club, business manager of the yearbook, a member of the school choir. um, And he was he continued to be super popular amongst his classmates for pulling pranks and generally being like very mischievous. Mm. So he was a lot more focused on the social aspect of going to school yeah. than Academics. The school part of going to school. The it's, reason why you go to yeah. college. Um which, you know, <laughs> it's fine as long as like
0: Well, it's probably like, when he's like just getting a taste of freedom. Yeah,
1: that too. Like he's been under his mother's watch for so long. I think that sometimes when he has any sort of freedom, he just goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So one time on a dare, he broke into his physics professor's office in the middle of the day, um, and he picked the lock on this cabinet, and he stole what, like, there's, like, a famous test at this school, and Uh it was, like, the unstealable test. And so he stole this test and gave the answers to everybody in his class and then put it back, and, like, they never, they didn't catch him in the act. That's crazy. Um, Another time, um, so he had one of his friends in college uh, was dating a girl um, and, you know, had a bunch of pictures of her in her room. Mm -hmm. Um, They ended up breaking up, so he threw all the pictures of his ex-girlfriend away. Um, A few weeks later, he started to date a new girl. So Charles decided to steal the pictures out of the trash can of his friend. He cut out all of the eyes from the pictures and glued them to the walls and the ceilings where his friend lived and slept and like replaced the eyes on the new girlfriend's picture with the eyes of the ex-girlfriend. What? Isn't that creepy?
0: Yeah. So wait, so he cut the eyes out of, of the his ex or,
1: yes, the original pictures and
0: glued them on new pictures yeah. with his current girlfriend. Yeah. That is so creepy. I know. Did his girlfriend notice at
1: the time? Um, well, it wasn't his. It was his friend's girlfriend. Oh, exactly. So he was like trying to pull a prank on his friend. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, I don't know. Again with the eyes yeah, are I coming know. up, you know? This is what I'm saying. Like, they just like...
0: That's a weird
1: prank. Cr- I know. I'd be like, that's like, not uh, funny. That's but they were like, oh, that's typical Charles. Like, bro. <laughs>
0: like, don't normalize these things.
1: I feel like if that's typical, Charles, Charles is pretty creepy. Yeah, I don't want to
0: know what else he's doing. I know.
1: Um, so Charles couldn't really seem to keep himself out of trouble. Um, he was apprehended at a nearby train station full of, with suitcases full of stolen school property. And so he had stolen, I think, like golf clubs and a bunch of money from the school So, obviously, he was expelled from Arkansas Teachers College immediately.
0: Wow. That's his second expulsion. Yeah.
1: Um, And he never actually graduates from college. Okay. But, like, you see what I mean about, like, the stealing things? Like, it just seems to be, like, a compulsion kind of Mm -hmm. thing for him. Like...
0: Like, he can't stop.
1: Right. Like, because he seems like he has it pretty good, you know? And I, I think, like, by all accounts, they weren't struggling. Like, his family wasn't struggling. Like... He didn't need these things. I think that it was just, like, in, in a part of him that, like, needed to steal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking about, like, the Lululemon case. Yeah. Where brittany that's what she did. Yeah, like, she just, just like, needed to. Stole.
1: Yeah, so I think it was kind of the same thing. Um, so he ended up marrying his college girlfriend, Betty Hester, and they had a daughter together. However, their marriage was not the best. It was kind of rocky. Um, he didn't really hold like, a stable job. Um, but they were okay for, for now. Mm-hmm. So in September of 1969, uh, when Charles was 36, he began teaching high school at Crandall, which is a small town outside Dallas. So Charles was hired to teach high school science. Oh. Which... You might be asking, how can he do this if he does not have a college degree? Yeah, I just
0: assumed, like, maybe back then they could do it Or any (laughs)
1: teaching credential at all. So he found a way around that because after getting kicked out of Arkansas State, Charles decided to take his college degree into his own hands. He knew that he would not be able to land the jobs that he wanted to without having a degree, so he faked it. Charles chose East Texas State University as his college of choice. Um secretly, he went to the to three different offices at East Texas State, stole all of the forms that he needed to <laughs> to fake to fake to be quote, enrolled in this school. Mm. He copied them, added his name, forged signatures of all the officials at East, East Texas State, and then put them back into the files so they would have like an official record of him at this school. <laughs> and he even stole the registrar's like the typewriter that they used in the registrar so that the font like, would be the same.
0: Wow. I feel like there's no way you can do this now. No. <laughs> because everything's online. Yeah, no.
1: Maybe, like, a hacker. Yeah, a
0: hacker could. But not, like, going into someone's office
1: no. to do that. And it's, like, three different offices. Like, that's nuts that he was able to get into, like, all of, all of them. Like, steal the forms. Forge everything. Forge them. everything. And then put them back without knowing.
0: And, like, at this point, put this much work into your academics. I know. And then you'll have that degree. Right.
1: Like I, I think he just, he had commitment issues. Yeah. Because so,
0: he's obviously smart.
1: Right. Yeah. He's like very naturally smart. Um, He, so he claimed to have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and was working on a second master's degree and pursuing his PhD from <laughs> East Texas State. So wow. those are all the credentials that he gave himself. So he called up this principal and was like, I'll take the job. Like this guy is probably like Hell yeah, like this yeah, guy is so he's
0: super qualified. Yeah, for
1: this. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I could walk into a math classroom like one year out of college, like, and they hired me, this they're probably over the moon about this guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has almost two master's degrees,
1: yeah, and he's getting his PhD like in yeah. science, anyway. So By all accounts, Charles was actually, like, beloved by his students. Like, they, like, literally loved him as a teacher. They said he was very knowledgeable about science, animals, and nature. So, like, when they went on walks or things around the school campus, on the school grounds, he could name the Latin name of almost every single plant he saw. And, like, he would pick up rocks and things and, like, tell them the names of all of, like, the insects and things underneath the rocks.
0: Hmm. Imagine having... (laughs) <laughs> like a murderer as your teacher. I know. That is so creepy. I know. But at least he was good to the kids. Yeah. From what it s- sounds like. Yeah.
1: Um, they, yeah, they thought he was, like, super cool. He was coach of the football team, um, and he was, like, very popular for driving a nice car and wearing fashionable clothes. So, I don't know. Kids will, like, think you're cool if, like, you let it yeah. do anything. <laughs> but. Yeah. They were like, Oh my god, he, were, he like drives a cool <laughs> car, he like this is the coolest his guy. Ever. So cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they liked him. Um but after a year of working at the school, Charles was caught by an ETSU administrator who like kept seeing his name pop up in the records, but was like, I've never met this guy. Mm. Um, he's like not in any of the classes and like if he's pursuing his PhD, like that's a very small cohort of people. Yeah. <laughs> like And they're supposed to be, like, working on all these things and, like, meeting all these people. And he's like, I've never met this guy in my life.
0: Like, why did he have to add so many things?
1: I know. Like...
0: Like, just say you got your bachelor's and that's it. Like,
1: two masters and a PhD? He's very, like, egocentric. Mm -hmm. Because we'll see at the end of the case, he gets caught easily. Like, after his... He's suspected of two murders, but he gets caught after the first, like... He gets caught after one where they're able to tie it off, mm-hmm. tie it up to him. Um, but he claims not to have done any of it. And like he's quoted as saying like, oh, if I was a serial killer, like you would never catch me, you know, like I would be so good at it. Like you would never know it's me. So he's what? very egocentric. So I feel like that kind of ties into it as well. Like he wouldn't be OK with just having a bachelor's degree. Like he has to be, I think, like the most well-respected person in a room. Like he has to be have the most you know
0: yeah and i'm sure he could do that if he tried went to school. Yeah. yeah and try yeah
1: but i think that's also kind of why he wanted to be a teacher because it seems like he just when he was growing up i don't think he had a lot of power in his home life so i think he tried to exert that power over other people and i mean being a teacher you do get to stand up in front of the room and talk at people and
0: yeah especially back then yeah like Teachers were seen as you know, a more authoritative like, more figure. Authoritative. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think that throughout like this entire thing, I really see like a theme of him trying to control people. Um and I think that this was like part of it.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah like, to think about the psychology behind that. Yeah. Like, yeah. For someone to be a teacher, just to have that like power and authority over others. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the administrator at ETSU contacted the high school Charles was working at, um, and they were like, hey, you, this teacher at your school, like, never went here, and all of these things are fake, and we've never seen him before in my life. Um, so, like, I don't know what you want to do about that, but, like, he's not a real student. Here. Yeah. Um, so the principal is like, oh, fuck, Char- like, fired him immediately, because, like, you- what else can you do? Like, you can't really have somebody working for you, especially after this. Yeah,
0: he can't be working with kids. You yeah. can be anyone. Yeah,
1: they have no idea. Um, And Charles was immediately investigated on counts of forgery, because that's, like, really the only thing they like, could get him on, like, because mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it would be burglary, too, but like, the forms really, like, oh, yeah. aren't anything of value, like, mm-hmm. so I don't I think that that plays into like, the crimes, like If it's above a certain value, then it's, like, something. If it's below a certain value, it's something else. But I think that they were only able to kind of get him on counts of forgery. Okay. So Charles was able to sweet talk his way basically out of every single punishment for this charge. Um, Instead of jail time, he was given probation for a year. And the university even agreed to keep Charles's name out of the papers to avoid embarrassment for, like, anybody involved. Wow. Because he claimed, like, he was like, oh, well, the reason I did that is because, like, I really just care about teaching. But, like, I've had these incidences in my past, and I couldn't go to school again. Like, I wouldn't have time to go to school again. Um, so I just, I was desperate because, like, I really just wanted to, like, make this my career. And I'm really passionate about this mm-hmm. program. Um, so I just had to fake it and they were like, okay.
0: I mean, it sounds believable, especially since he was a good teacher and the kids yeah. loved him.
1: He was just, he was a very influential person. So, um, and I think that people believed him more because he was really charming. Like he was mm-hmm. able to talk to anybody and make a lot of people feel special no matter who they were. So they were just like more likely to believe him, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, they didn't even put his name in the papers like they didn't punish him in any way. He got probation for a year and did not go to jail. Um, Charles was proving himself to be incredibly convincing, charming and likable when he wanted to get away with something. And we'll see this like happen again and again and again. Mm -hmm. Many people called him attractive. So many people thought he was like handsome when he was younger. I wasn't. I don't think he's cute, (laughs) but I mean, to each their own. And this may have added to his, like, non-threatening demeanor because there's been studies that kind of show, like, oh, people will let more attractive people get away with more things.
0: Oh, yes. I feel like I read something about that.
1: And so if he is, like, handsome and charming and able to talk his way out of things, like, he's not going to get punished for for these crimes that he is. Like, oh, they're so insignificant. Like, they hurt nobody. Like, it's, like, a victimless crime. So, like, I shouldn't be charged. Like... He's just a lot more likely to get away with things like that.
0: Yeah, because people, like, can't believe that someone, like, beautiful would do a crime. Right. Like, it doesn't fit with their... Perception,
1: yeah. And they're like, oh, well, it didn't hurt anybody, I guess. Like, he just wanted to have a job, and we liked him, so... Yeah, but he starts to expect that he can get away with everything. Mm -hmm. So, in 1970, after this failed... School teaching attempt. <laughs> um, Charles moved moved back to Oak Cliff, so his original like hometown neighborhood with Betty and his daughter. Like usual, he was a popular and well liked member of his community. Um, none of his reputation followed him, so nobody in his community had any idea that he had ever been charged with any crimes wow. um, at all. Like even the ones he committed in college and um, in his first college and his second mm-hmm. college. While he was gone, like in jail the first time, his mom was like, "Oh, he's working overseas, so that's why you're not gonna <laughs> see him. Like he's working somewhere else." So she was really focused on his perception in the public eye as well, which you know, I yeah, I feel like that's have... such a big thing, yeah, especially
0: back then. Like yeah. you don't want people to think poorly of you, right? And like everyone, reputation like, is cares. everything. Yeah, yeah, reputation is
1: everything. Yeah. So, um, Betty, his wife, worked as like a legit high school teacher. So she had actually graduated <laughs> you from mean college. What most teachers <laughs> yeah. do? <was laughs> yeah, actually, she'd actually graduated from college and undergone all of the necessary things to become a legitimate high school teacher. Yeah. Um, so she taught English. So she gave the family a steady source of income, which kind of left Charles free to take on his whims and all the things that he wanted to do. Like I said, he's like kind of has like a commitment issue, so like he doesn't really do anything for do one thing for a long time. Mm. So because of her income, Charles was able to take on a wide variety of interesting and non-conventional jobs. So he worked as an airplane designer. Um, okay. he worked as a illustrator. He worked as a carpenter, and at one point he worked as a bullfighter. Wow, so, those
0: are so different. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, just, like, a wa- and I think Wide he was, like, pretty good at all of them, like.
0: Yeah, maybe that's why it's difficult for him to choose, if he's good at yeah. everything. Yeah. He likes
1: everything. He, and he never really settles down with the job. Mm. Yeah. So, he just took on a lot of things. Um, he also went to beauty school, so beauty yeah. school was the first time that he actually went through something <laughs> and graduated from a Look place with like, <laughs> I know, so proud so he went to beauty school and he got his beautician's license. Um, he called himself Mr. Charles and was taken on almost immediately by the salon, like the local salon, despite having absolutely no experience. So like, again, he's able to like show up to these places and just convince them to hire him, like based on literally nothing, like just yeah. the way that he looks and the way that he talks to people, convince them to hire him, which is like pretty That's crazy because like, I don't know. I would not trust somebody who has no experience cutting hair to show up and like cut people's hair. Yeah. So Unless
0: he said he had experience. Maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. So, but again, like like the teaching thing, like he was people loved him as like a hairstylist. Like people were, like he was a really popular hairstylist. He would spend like at least an hour on all of his clients to make sure they were satisfied with their results and like talk to all of these women about like their lives and everything going on and things like that. So, like, again, like, he's just able to win people over in, like, almost every situation.
0: And I think it's also because he's so focused on the social aspect of it. Maybe that's why he, like, is into different jobs because he just loves talking to people. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, Charles told one of his friends at the salon that he practiced as a self-taught artist as well. Mm -hmm. So, on the side of being a bullfighter, um, and aside from being a airplane designer, he was also an incredible painter. Wow. Um, so Charles, like, actually was a really, a, a good painter. He had won a, like, $250 prize at his Texas State Fair for one of his paintings, so he actually was pretty talented at, at painting. But, so he told him, his, like, the, his co-workers, um, about his winnings and about, the, like, the fact that he was, like, gonna try and become a portrait artist, and so his friend was, uh, like okay cool um can i commission you to paint a portrait of my wife so charles was like sure like i'll paint a portrait of your wife um and he agreed and he seemed to be taking quite a long time on this picture so as the weeks went on his co-worker began to wonder like what was taking so long and he would ask charles like oh what's going on are you done with this painting yet mm-hmm. like when when are you going to be done and Charles kept claiming that his painting was almost finished but he was struggling to finish the most important part so he he couldn't finish he couldn't finish the most important part of his painting um and you know he was just really struggling with that so his friend got pretty frustrated because like at this point it had been like a couple months and this guy like probably charged him a lot of money to make this portrait and he like was like are you just scamming me like i think that this is not real like so i'm gonna can i come to your house and see this painting for myself so charles was like sure you can come on over come over and and look at this painting like i promise i'm almost done um so his friend went to go visit charles's house and he figured out that charles had created an incredibly realistic portrait of his friend's wife like it was like really really good Mm -hmm. like very realistic very lifelike um and it was like a huge portrait six feet by three feet which is
0: Wow, that's Really huge. big.
1: Which, in that sense, I'm like, okay, a couple months makes, like, sense. Yeah. This I'm guy sure. is, like, I don't know. But
0: I guess maybe sending, like, progress photos.
1: Yeah. I don't know how it works <laughs> if you're an artist. Progress photos, you can just text them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, 1970. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> just email them over. Yeah.
0: Or I guess let them see the progress. Yeah.
1: So, um... It was a huge portrait, like, and he was almost done. Almost every single part of his portrait was finished. However, as his friend looked closer, he realized that one thing was missing. Do you know what it was?
0: Yeah, it's the eyes. The
1: eyes of his wife are not painted at all. No <gasps> the shading, his were? No shade. No, it's just a picture of his wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No shading, no sketches, like, no pencil marks, nothing. It was just, like, a whole portrait and then just, like, blank white that circles. That is so
0: creepy. I know. I can just picture it. Um,
1: So his friend is like, okay, this is a little weird. What's going on? (laughs) So his friend asked him when he was going to paint the eyes, and Charles told him, when I am ready to. And that's, like, the only thing that he would say, like, when I'm ready to. Um, When Charles finally painted the eyes, they were, like, a perfect recreation of his wife's eyes. So they were painstakingly drawn and painted, and, like, they were, you know how people say, like, the Mona Lisa, like, they follow you around the room because, like, they're so realistic? Uh yeah. It was, like, the same thing with this, like... That's cool. By all accounts, it was, like, so realistic that, like, you would feel like the eyes were almost following you around the room mm-hmm. as as you walked around.
0: And I don't know much about art, but when they draw, like, portraits, do they start off with the eyes usually, or is this, like...
1: I don't think this is, this is normal. Common, no? <laughs> I don't think... I don't know if they start with the eyes, but, like... There's nothing. It was, like, blank canvas. Like, yeah. usually you put down a base layer first, and then, like, like sketch you everything. sketch everything out, and, like, you build up layers of paint and layers of paint. So, like, mm-hmm. you start off with, like, a very blurry kind of recreation of somebody, and then you add more details, and then, like, you just build up these um, layers of paint, so then you get, like, a per- a, a painting. But he, his was, like, nothing. Like, that's not normal. You don't, like, sit yeah. there and paint everything except for a... Blank piece of canvas And then do that at the end Yeah Uh So in um, 1971 Charles was caught forging some cashier's checks Um, He was not sent to prison Obviously Because he talked his way out of it So he was just put on probation Um, They were like okay no it's okay In 1975 He and his wife Betty divorced She was getting kind of tired of him Like he couldn't hold down a job Mm. Um, they were fighting a little bit more and she was just like wanted to be a little bit more stable by herself. Yeah, I mean she's yeah.
0: basically the breadwinner. Yeah,
1: she was. So it
0: must be like a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And be exhausting.
1: For her. Yeah. And um he had like a spending issue. Like he like really liked he was not responsible with money at all. So mm. I think like she would make the money and then he would kind of waste it on, on certain things. Like on the things that he wanted. Mm.
0: So kind of like the opposite of his parents. Yeah, yeah. His mom was so restricting of like what they could buy.
1: Again, yeah. I think he's like acting out against that. Yeah. Yeah, against that like, I don't know, dichotomy that he had grown up with. I think a lot of his actions are like subconscious acts of...
0: His childhood. Like what he couldn't get in his childhood. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like he couldn't get the eyes these glass eyes in his childhood and now he's just now, creepy with yeah. eyes. so in um 1975 yeah he and his wife divorced like i said um so after this charles kind of became like a ladies man and a player like he would like often be seen around town with like a lot of different women mm-hmm. um he would go on dates with them and many of these women saw him as like they described him as like a super romantic guy, like, they're like oh like he would come with dates and like give us all these gifts like flowers and candy and all these things like every single date um and he also began seeing more of sex workers so this is like a when in his life he first was able to kind of interact with sex workers Mm -hmm. from a very young age like we were kind of talking about like his mom kind of shamed him for having sexual urges um and so he was acting out against that i think like by, he was seeing a lot of sex workers, like he would be like a regular client like two or three times yeah. a day with a lot of them. So I think that it was like like we were just saying, like yeah. kind of subconsciously tied to that. um in nineteen seventy nine he was caught shoplifting perfume and given probation again.
0: How does he keep doing that?
1: I know, I'm like at a certain point, like don't you see he has all these things on his records, like yeah. he's not stopping. obviously probation is not. Working like <laughs> um, in 1980, he stole a saw from a hardware store, and he was actually given jail time for this, oh, okay. but only six months. So, really not not too long. Not too long. Um, around this time, Charles began singing in the church choir of Saint Bernard's Catholic Church in East Dallas um and in 1981 charles's mother dell died of cancer so dell and charles did not have a good relationship especially at this time and he describes that she would really pressure him about like the things that he was supposed to be but he never ended up being so he said that even like when he was getting older and growing up and like having a wife and children you know like he was he wasn't poor like he wasn't Struggling, But she was like, oh, you know, you're not good enough. Like, you should have been a surgeon. You should have been this and this and this. So, like, they barely spoke at Sad. the end of this relationship. Um, but he did, like, organize a funeral for her. And um, it was, I don't know, like, if this is true or if this is just kind of, like, a rumor. But it was said that, like, he bought her a dress. And that was the first new dress she had ever owned is, like, the one that she wore. Wow at her funeral yeah i don't know if that's true or if that's just Mm -hmm. kind of like a tale that people tell yeah um in 1985 um charles was accused by a family in his church of sexually assaulting their daughter the girl's parents tried to keep the matter quiet especially the church because they didn't want to like stigmatize their daughter Mm -hmm. i think at this time it was really hard to come out and say that you'd been sexually assaulted because there was a lot more blame placed on. The women, victim. Yeah, and the victim, like, what did you do to entice this person? Um, so they were trying to keep it quiet, but they also obviously wanted Charles to be punished for what he had done. And Charles knew that if he tried to fight the charge, like, it would become an issue. Like, he would have to go to trial for it. The news would leak out. And mm-hmm. he did not want his reputation to be ruined. Of course. Yeah. Um, so instead of... Uh, pleading innocent and taking it to trial he pled guilty so on march 25th 1985 he confessed to quote knowingly and intentionally engaging in deviant sexual intercourse with a girl under the age of 14 um on this charge yet again he was given probation so no jail time whatsoever for this charge even when he said admitted to it yeah Yeah. so no jail time whatsoever So just again and again, I I think we're seeing that, like, he expects to be able to get away with everything. Mm -hmm. He has a huge ego. Like, he knows he can get away with a lot. And just he's being proven right. Like, in every single situation he's in, he's being proven. that yes, he can get away with a lot, you know? Towards the tail end of 1985, um, Charles went on a trip to Arkansas. There he met a widow named Dixie Austin and he fell for her immediately. So according to Dixie, he took her out to dinner regularly. He told her stories about nature and art and he was a romantic and kind boyfriend. So again, like we hear this like, I think like in a little bit we'll we'll talk about like the side of himself that he portrayed more towards sex workers and it is just like such a different side of himself that he portrayed towards different people. Like, it's just crazy like the two halves of himself he seemed to have, you know? Mm. So Dixie said that Charles displayed, quote, no, like unconventional behaviors in his sex life and that he was always very gentle and very kind with her and that he never displayed like any violence or was even like mentally or like verbally abusive at all. Mm -hmm. Over the past five years since that he had divorced Betty, however, Charles had been a regular patron of many sex workers in the area. So while his girlfriend, Dixie, was like, oh, no, like, he does, he's not displaying any deviant sexual behaviors, he wasn't with her, but we'll see that with the sex workers, he did portray portray these these things, yeah. So he took up platonic friendships with some of the sex workers and provided food and clothing for them, like, some of them he just had a friendship with Mm -hmm. and would have, like, quote, dates with them where he would just, like, take them out to lunch and kind of be more, like, a sugar daddy with them kind of thing yeah um and then he was also like seeing other sex workers on a regular basis almost every single day um at the beginning many of the sex workers really liked him like i said he just continually like shows the side of himself that is super charming super social but as um as time went on like he began, began becoming much more violent with them, and many sex workers declined to take him on as a client. Wow. So they said that he would handcuff them to their beds, he would hit them with cords or with his hands. Oh my God. Yeah, um, and they started to say no, like when he reached out to them in 1986. Fred, his father, died, and after and this was he died from a fatal heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um so after his father died, Charles inherited at least $96,000 as well as like all of his parents homes and property in like the Dallas area.
0: Wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah.
1: So he was given just now an insane amount of freedom and it was like kind of like his last ties to his family growing up mm-hmm. were like severed. So now he was completely on his own. He didn't have his mom. He didn't have his dad. He just had himself and this like exorbitant amount of money that, you know, he had free range to do whatever he wanted with. And I think this is where we really see like those behaviors ramp up like around these same times is when around this same time that his father died is when we hear like the complaints from the sex workers that he began becoming much more violent with them, like he would start to do things that they weren't comfortable with. And um, he, he just started treating them, like, terribly. Yeah. Yeah. So Charles moved back into his old family home in Oak Cliff, and he brought his girlfriend Dixie with him, and, like, they were going to, like, start a family, like, a not a family together because they are both kind of old at this point, but they were going to, like, <laughs> live the rest of their life, like, together, yeah. you know? And Charles began to work more and more on, like, his house, so he was using his skills as a carpenter. Um and his house was kind of like falling apart at this time. So during the day, like he would install new cabinets for the kitchen, like add a skylight in the bathroom, just like generally fix up things around the house. And these construction projects, along with his penchant for spending money, were draining Dixie and Charles of like their savings. Mm-hmm. So even though he had inherited ninety six thousand dollars, like within the couple years after, he would spend like almost every single penny of it because of like his like spending problems, and he would just like see things and. Buy them. You know, he was not responsible with money at all. Wow, oh, that's yeah.
0: so quick.
1: Yeah. Um, and Dixie held a job at a gift shop, but she was the one that paid all the bills, everything, because like she was the only one with like steady income and he <sighs> didn't have a job. Yeah. So she kind of got mad at him at the end. Um, and mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to get a job, like you have to do something yeah. because you're doing nothing, you're just sitting around here. So he took a job delivering newspapers for the Dallas Times Herald. He would work very early in the morning, waking up around three, uh, delivering papers on an Oak Cliff route between four and six and then be back in bed by six fifteen. So he was able to kind of roam about the community at night, like or in the dark when nobody was up Um, and he was just kind of able to do as he pleased in the nighttime hours when nobody was watching. Um, he was still visiting sex workers and he knew where almost every single one of them worked during the night and like where they stayed during the night. So like which hotels they frequented Mm -hmm. and like what places they would stand. Um, during this time, Charles played on a softball team with other men in the area. Uh, overall they loved him and they claimed that he was super friendly and he never said a bad thing about anybody except for one incident. So at the end of a game, some players for his team were sitting around the ballpark. Two women in a car slowly drove by, and the men started joking that like, they must be sex workers because they're driving by slowly and looking at the, the guys. And the team manager asked Charlie if he would call them over and ask them like, to, like, to hire them. Mm-hmm. And Charles responded, I'd kill them if I could. <gasps> and all of the, the, the men were super shocked. They, they had never heard him yeah. say anything like this before in his life. And later he claimed he was so sensitive about this topic Because he had just discovered that his biological mother Had been a sex worker mm-hmm. So We don't actually know if that's true It mm-hmm. hasn't been proven Because by all accounts like He ended up finding his biological mom And like meeting her and everything And by all accounts she had been a nurse Not a sex worker But somehow he got this idea in his head That she had been working as, as a sex worker Maybe when she had him mm-hmm. Or something like that. And he
0: has like pent up anger yes. towards sex workers? Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. So in December of 1990, a body was found. Um, Mary Pratt, 33, was a sex worker that worked at the Star Motel in Oak Cliff. So right on the route that Charles would deliver newspapers to. Mm-hmm. And he knew Mary Pratt. So he had gone to her before. He knew her. And Mary was overall a popular person amongst the community she was really well liked they said she was like pretty humble like she just like engaged with people like they were like normal people like she i don't know she wasn't hard to talk to or anything so the people really liked her um but she was found on the street badly beaten and shot and she was left on a street in a bad neighborhood in south dallas uh she was taken in for an autopsy and that's when they discovered something strange i already know she was missing both of her eyes
0: that is so creepy. And We already know who that is. That
1: is where we're going to end part one <gasps> <No>! for today.
0: <laughs> you can't do this
1: to us.
0: <laughs>
1: so that is the part one of Charles Albright. Wow. Isn't that creepy?
0: Yeah, and it's crazy that he's just much older now.
1: Because mm-hmm. was, he was born in 1933. And this was in 1990. Mm -hmm. So how old is he? 67? 60, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. So that's, it's pretty, like, I I think it, because they don't suspect him of anything, like, before Mm -hmm. that time, that time period. So it's just strange that this is, like, the first thing that he kind of acts out. Like, this is the first time that he's displayed such violence. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I wonder, then, is that whole thing about his mother, like, being a sex worker true, then? If it's all of a sudden... Right.
1: They weren't able to ever verify it, because, like, like I said, they, he met her, like, he, like, introduced her to his daughter, like, and mm. they were, like, f- able to find records that she was a nurse. But during this time, like, it really was not documented anywhere if you were a sex worker, like... There was no protections against sex workers, and like it was like really like a secret activity. So
0: yeah, and I'm sure it's like it was looked down upon, and people didn't want to say to
1: admit it. Yeah, sex worker. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if there would have been any way to prove definitively if she was or was not, Mm -hmm. but he believed that she was. So something inside of him told. And I feel like that's all
0: that matters. Like if he's believing that it's true.
1: It doesn't finished. matter if it's yeah, actually it's... true or if it's false. Mm-hmm. It's just what he's going to go off of. And it's just like what he's going to. Yeah. Yeah. Take into account. All right. Well, <laughs> so we'll be back next week. And then next week we'll talk about we'll talk more about Mary, um, her death and like the investigation about her death. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk more about the other two women that he is suspected of murdering, never convicted. Uh, And then we'll talk about the trial and like where he was placed afterwards.
0: All right. Yep. Sounds good. And we'll leave you there. Mm -hmm. Just remember, don't forge any documents (laughs) saying that you went to college and got two masters and a PhD.
1: That's maybe just stop at a bachelor's. (laughs) If you have to, maybe just stop at a bachelor's. (laughs) Do the bare minimum. (laughs) You probably won't get caught. (laughs) All right. Well. Bye. Bye. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.